0: Hi, I'm Fred Schonenberg, and thank you for joining me on the Venture Fuel podcast. At Venture Fuel, we help companies find new solutions by partnering with the best startups from around the world. On the show, you'll learn the secrets of business leaders who tap into startups and the founders driving extraordinary results. We'll consider new ideas, stretch our mindsets beyond the status quo, and in the process, discover how to leap the competition and fuel personal growth. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Venture Fuel Visionaries podcast. Uh, So excited to have you. We've got a really fun episode today. Marissa Skolnick was actually the winner of the very first Venture Fuel Visionaries Award back five, six years ago. I had met Marissa when she was working at a big agency in New York and was sort of the one out there pushing the envelope, trying new things, getting her clients to to get out there and do new and different, experiment with new technologies. And so we immediately hit it off. Uh, as, as that's always our goal, uh, Adventure fuels. How do we help folks innovate faster and better, and explore new breakthrough platforms and new areas of growth? Since then, Marissa has has been involved in the startup scene, being founder multiple times. And with this week's Venture Fuel Visionary Award celebration happening, she saw the notice, shot me a note about her new company, uh, which is Fierce Studios. Uh, and Fierce is sort of at the tip of the NFT space, uh, doing some really unique things. Uh, so I asked her to come on to talk a little bit about NFTs, where they're going, the metaverse, all all the things that are sort of a buzz uh, from somebody who's who's on the inside uh, and creating this from scratch. So I hope you enjoyed this episode. Marissa, welcome to the show.
1: Thank you. I'm so happy to be here, especially to see you.
0: It has been a long, long time. Uh, yes. You are the, the original, the very first VentraFuel visionary, and uh, next week I think is our fifth or sixth visionary of the year. So it's it's pretty cool that uh, we traded emails and uh, we're able to catch up on, on what you're doing now.
1: I know I'm the OG.
0: You are the yeah. OG. Uh, That's right. <laughs> so let, let's talk about what you're doing. Now, so can you tell uh, the audience a little bit about the founder story, right? Like when and how you launched Fierce Studios?
1: Sure. Yeah. So very proudly, um, we are a women-led project. And I say that because not that I feel like women need to be even explained that we're a women-led project, but women-led projects are booming right now. And they're being extremely noticed in the space as something that is not only trending, but really quickly getting amazing sales, selling out. So it's just a proud moment. I hope it's not a trend and I hope it becomes more of a norm, yeah. especially as the NFT world is known to be filled with some crypto bros. But I think women have like a huge stake in this and especially what we're building out with fierce. I think it's a very tangible way to get more mainstream, male, female, anything part of it. My background, I come from advertising. I've been in the industry agency side for 16 plus years. So I know, and kind of that's my expertise of sponsorships, brand partnerships, kind of figuring out cool ways for brands to do innovative things. I met my two founders, um, Michelle McCormick, probably three years ago. She started a casting company where she has talent from all over the world. And her Database is filled with 8,000 talent that's filled with models and photographers and stylists, name it, across the entire country. Heck Samuel, she is a rock star, brilliant NYU professor. She's been around for Web 1, Web 2, Web 3. They were both in crypto 2017. They're OGs. Um, we kind of all came together and joined forces based on those expertise. So Michelle's creative director, her eye is like unbelievable. She has the access to the fashion world. She was a photographer, editor, etc. Peg is like super into the crypto space. And she understood this entire like, NFT industry and space even before was what it was. And then me, like I came in with a really unique background of seeing the NFT market as something that was less of just people buying JPEGs, but an actual like ridiculously new e-com channel for brands. And we right. could get into that, but that's kind of our our genesis story. We all kind of came together and joined forces.
0: I, I love it, and I do want to get into the, the the brand element of it, and and how you know different companies can can work in this space. But for for those listening that maybe don't know, can you uh, yeah. level set us a little bit? Like, what is Fear Studios exactly?
1: That w- that would be a good start. Fear Studios is the first real like fashion focused PFB collection. PFP, as those may or may not know, stands for like profile picture collection. It was a big trend in 2021. If you go on Twitter, you could really see that majority of people in the NFT space have changed their profile picture to an avatar. Yeah. It's kind of like your clout. It's like what you're proud of. It's what you own. So it's become something that when people dive into a community or a collection, they get to show off like that they're part of that. So we develop that. They're usually a very wide set collection. So ranging anything from like four to 10,000. Ours is a 10,000 collection. Like I said, we're like the first, that's really like fashion focused. We actually took 10 real models and we turned them into avatars. Um, We did that for multiple reasons. One, we saw that a lot of the collections out there and PFPs are what they are. And they're, they're avatars, they're animals, they're drawings. And an ape can't speak for you, but a real person can. So what we did was we took the 10 models, we took 10, each of them have a thousand different attributes, which creates our rarity traits. So whether it's them blowing a piece of bubble gum or have sunglasses on or different hair color, et cetera, that creates our entire collection in terms of properties that makes up our 10,000. But what we were able to do is actually leverage the models to be able to have them also reach their audiences that are tangible and real from more of the mainstream. And the entire NFT community, I think, could agree that we want more mainstream to join the community so we could kind of bulk up demand and kind of get more people into the space that we all live, love, and breathe. The other part was Saw was such an importance for models to not really... Models are used to being taken advantage of. They're used to getting their pictures kind of sent out all over, not getting compensated for. We thought that that was something that needs to change drastically and quickly. So the models that are part of our campaign are actually getting a portion of our sales in crypto on the back end. So they do have a portion for a compensation aspect, which is really cool too, because it's like a passive income that they don't need to show up to any shoot or do anything in a in real life. And they're just now a thousand different iterations of them as these little NFTs running around. So that's the so, other aspect.
0: Yeah, I'd I'd loved I and mean, one of the things I was most interested in is sort of the the talent revenue model and the ability for you know I'll call it the influencer or the artist, no matter how you look at it, to be compensated as the art uh, or the NFT continues to be sold and resold. Talk to me about this, like for someone listening that is like just starting to dive into this. Why would I go buy a model blowing bubble gum as my uh, you know my my avatar essentially and yeah. like. And and does that increase in value, right? Like sort of, you know, what is what is the value of this? Because I think I think the mainstream is very interested in this, brands as well as consumers, but they're still trying to figure out like, what, what is this and what am I buying? And couldn't I just like take a picture of something and make it my avatar and not totally. spend the money on uh, this custom sort of moment? So just curious your take at like sort of a high level of all this.
1: There's so many different answers. I'll start with people get into the space for three different reasons. It's the first industry I think ever that combines art, tech, and finance, right? So there's people that really buy NFTs because they are obsessed with the actual artwork. They understand the layering, the generative development of things. And that's one aspect that, you know, supporting up and coming artists is something now we could do at such scale because of the NFT space. finance-wise, everything's tied to the blockchain and cryptocurrency. You could buy something today that's worth whatever ETH is worth today, and it could go up in value tomorrow because ETH went up in value. So there's some sort of appreciation and valuation also, just from a financial standpoint. And then the tech, I mean, the fact that this lives on the blockchain, and to your point, I could just take a picture and then that's it. No, you can't, because the technology on blockchain There's actually authenticity and decentralization where people are actually having this ownership and it could be proven, never duplicated. And I could say I own a CryptoPunk for $400,000, but I could never prove that with a screenshot unless you could actually see the transaction hash. So why I say NFTs are also here to stay is because this is something that is evolving in so many ways and has been over the past year in the quickest way possible. The fact that we've been having metaverse conversations and we could go into that, is just the evolution of this is happening so quickly that it's not an if, but it's definitely a when of everybody jumps on board because all different industries will be having an NFT correlated to their business, whether it's restaurants or ticketing sales or art, et cetera, or just access to exclusive membership. And that is what NMTs kind of are. They're exclusive membership to a community and access. And if you're a great collection, which I believe we are, we also unlock different things for our holders based on the support of them just buying into our NMP. We'll get into what brands do and like how our utility works, but utility is, I mean, it's everything.
0: So why don't we do that? Let's jump in. I know you've worked with Saucony. Can you maybe tell us about that partnership? Uh, to help bring this to light, like with a with a tangible example?
1: Yeah. Um, Stalkini was our first partner, much more to come. We're so appreciative of them that they even jumped into this space as one of, I mean, we did that kind of like before some of the other sneaker brands announced. So Stalkini was really ahead of the game. What we did with them is when you buy an NFT, you do look at the properties that exist within the artwork. So because of things being rarer than the other, Something that's more rare could be more valuable in price. So for Saucony, we actually drew within to our artwork, the illustration 500 of the 10,000 have Saucony shoes drawn onto the model or to the artwork. 500 of those is 0.05% of the entire collection. So if you own an NFT with the Saucony drawing on it, you're already more rare than some of the other properties. But what we did a step further is Saucony actually gave us the opportunity to gift people free sneakers from the brand. So there's a chance that if you own one of the 500, a limited amount of those people will then get free shoes shipped to them based on whatever shoe size or color or whatever they choose. And it's directly shifted, shipped from Saucony directly. So
0: that's cool. That was our
1: integration. And it was really amazing because from a promotional standpoint and whatnot, it was their opportunity to also get involved in the space, leveraging kind of what we were already building and not having to do too much heavy lifting from their end, which was great because the partnership worked out so seamless in that aspect.
0: Do you have any examples of either how you're working with other brands or, uh, you know, what those partnerships mean for the holders?
1: Yeah. Our whole entire concept and how we built out our collection was a true business model. Like there's other collections that do have beautiful art. They do have a charitable aspect. So do we. But we wanted to have this as a long-term business that people would buy into us and know that they weren't getting rugged, We weren't taking money and disappearing. We have like a roadmap that is filled with different opportunities for holders to get something back. So what we've done for brands is based on their comfort level or how much they really want to kind of get involved in the space, we've made it easy for them with different tiers. On how they could integrate, so whether it is kind of what Saucony did with giving back with kind of gifting or giveaways, it's a really cool press worthy way to just get buzz around your brand. Giving back to NFT holders, which I think is such like a moment right now to take advantage of, and then other ways is like you could do you know airdrops to people. We have access to ten thousand addresses, so like. You could airdrop within digital wallets, anything you want, whether it's wearables in the metaverse or whether it's a brand new NFT, a bespoke NFT that we're drawing that's a one-for-one that we could auction off with the brand. There's so many different elements of that. And then even further this year, we are getting opportunities to be in the metaverse, two different partners we're speaking with and continue. We'll continue to do that. Um, We'll be kind of everywhere. But brands will have the opportunity to be kind of within our space to even figure out ways to sell products and get an additional revenue stream. So from really a give back to creating a new revenue stream is it could really go as much as they want in terms of integrations.
0: You mentioned the charity element of it. Can you you speak to that for a second?
1: Yeah, we're, we're so proud of it. They're incredible. It's called the A Thousand Dreams Fund. It's a charity that we actually partnered with a giving block. We did that on purpose. We chose a giving block because they actually outreached to a bunch of different charities to allow them to accept donations in crypto, which we thought was so cool. It also allows this, the, con- the smart contract to be really seamless. So as other people, they might say, when we hit X amount of sales, we're going to give, like we're actually able to send crypto on the back end through our contracts very easily for people to accept. So a thousand dreams fund, we are women. We, you know, we're, we're super for furthering education for women as well. So they actually provide scholarships to younger females to further their education and help them based on kind of their upbringing and maybe not able to afford that. So they've been wonderful to partner with. And we're, we're just so happy that we could kind of donate and be part of them.
0: Flipping back, you mentioned the metaverse, which, like, I, I feel like had to be mentioned every thirty seconds uh, at uh, CES, or like I don't know, people got fined or something. It was right. to say that it was the tip of everyone's tongue is quite an understatement. How do you see that evolving, and like, what role uh, do you see Fear Studios playing within that evolution?
1: Yeah, the metaverse has, I believe, evolved in terms of what people thought and is thinking, and it's it's definitely. I think people have different definitions. Me personally, I do see it as a really unbelievable way for the digital or virtual world to combine with the physical world. I think of the metaverse as kind of like how SIMS used to exist back in the day, where now you could kind of in a a tokenized world um participate it without like anyone really needing permission or or having your data shared. Like you kind of like own everything on your own, which is what this whole the centralized world is about. Web3 is amazing for that, but it's the ability to tokenize really everything. Like you could buy land, you could buy an outfit, you could go to a music festival. I heard just announced their partnership and in going into the metaverse and creating festivals and helping creators in that aspect. So the possibilities are endless for us specifically because we kind of have these brand partnerships and we have these connections we see it as an opportunity for brands to get involved with us to be able to actually sell, whether it's outfits or things that people could wear within the metaverse or take with them and have different kind of opportunities to unlock even further utility, whether it is virtual or even physical, right? Like you might buy something in our our metaverse area and then that might unlock a speaker engagement or something really cool with some designer that we're working with. So there's so much opportunity there and every brand that we talk to, it's kind of really great because we're able to unlock and educate and evolve those conversations to create such different opportunities for them. So, you know, we're kind of like NFT agents, right. And getting people in this space in like not a scary way. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, I think what's interesting is there's people are trying to figure out how to get in, where to get in, how to do it authentically, in a way to kind of test the waters, right? To see where should they play? How do they play? Does it scale? All those kinds of things. Um, and I, I think to your point, there's a really interesting opportunity here for physical and digital to merge in both directions where you could buy digital goods with physical money. You can buy, you know, Physical goods with digital money. They say that twice or did I yeah. repeat it? Anyway, no. I meant to flip it. it right. I got it right. Uh, I get it right.
1: <laughs>
0: right? But all coming together yeah. in, in terms of what's there. there. There are people, obviously, that think this is a fad, right? Like you mentioned, you know, people spending $400,000 for an ape, right? And, and does that keep up? Or, you know, maybe that's just a select few people that like to spend that kind of money on something like that. What is your sort of reaction when someone goes, "Oh, is our NFT's a fad
1: or a trend?" It is completely not a trend. It is here to stay. It is something that there's so much power in the community of the NFT space that it will never it will never die because of that alone. Some of these communities are the best engagement I've ever seen on any campaign I've ever worked on. Different. I have friends now across the entire world that I'll never meet. Maybe I will. But the fact that utility is becoming such an important role in the NFT space and allowing people to kind of, like I said, tokenize and kind of own their data and evolve these different businesses within the NFT space, it is going to not only survive, thrive, but grow and branch out in the physical world further and further.
0: Let me rapid fire three times at you. You say uh, utilize, uh, tokenize, and you mentioned holders before. Can you just, yep. like, when you, when you say this, like the utility, right? What does that mean
1: in the NFT world? Utility means that you buy an NFT and there is something that you get kind of in return. For me, that's my definition. Got so it. you could buy a piece of artwork and then it just sits there. And there's projects that have done that, that there's people that hold on to this art and like, there, it's not, there's nothing else. Um, utility is huge and important. There's the play to earn aspect that's happening now with gaming. There's what we're doing, where it's unlocking brand partnerships, whether it's tickets yeah. to things or free merch or or the opportunity to be casted into campaigns. That's what we're doing. If you're an NFT holder of Fierce, like you actually will be able to be casted into brand campaigns. So instead of a brand casting a real life model in their social media, they could use a Fierce avatar. And that's what we're pitching. And people could win, people could not only win different contests, but they could also get passive income because of us. Hmm. Like they could be cast and actually paid as like models. And like that's why it's also important when you're building or creating a collection to figure out if you want to give IP ownership for people. And that's what we did. How did they monetize their avatar? And that's something that's a huge topic happening right now.
0: Right. I love it. And then tokenize, how would you define that?
1: It's just allowing these. Assets to live on the blockchain. So, the ability to have this digital authentic- authentication and yeah. being able to trade and offer and sell. And, like I said, in this decentralized world,
0: I love it. And the holder is who owns the token. Yeah. Uh, perfect. Well, that was very helpful community. for anyone that, that, that has not kind of uh, spent a lot of time learning and understanding this. I think that would be a good level set. So, I'll get you out of here on this question. What's next? Like, what are, obviously, there's so much that you are excited about and and can be excited about. But if you were to look crystal ball out 12, 18 months, like, what is the thing that you're most excited about?
1: I think the metaverse and this IP ownership conversation, the ability to monetize kind of your collection is really big. For us specifically, we saw that as being such a huge opportunity that we took it a step further. Where not only are our fierce avatars something that we can leverage from a brand campaign, but we signed other communities. So we signed the Fame Ladies Squad. We signed Board Becky, who's part of the Board Ape Yacht Club. We signed three other apes part of the Board Ape Yacht Club, and we're continuing to do so because, you know, if we have these relationships with brands, why not create this opportunity that they could integrate with already these existing communities that already exist, not just fierce, and use our network to our power? So that's what we're building. The metaverse, I just think, is like the more and more brands that come into this space, the more people that know about it, it is going to grow like wildfire. And there's going to be so many opportunities, as we've said, of how this real world and physical world will just kind of merge into one. And it's going to be so cool to your point of like buying with tokens, your physical goods and vice versa, et cetera. But there's so much to come and we're, I mean, if you really think about it too, like a lot of the avatars were in 2D, like 3D is coming, it already is there. AR is coming, VR is coming. So now all these companies that have this technology bringing into the metaverse, it's just going to get wild. It's great.
0: Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I think it's fun. Marissa, thank you so much for taking the time. It's awesome to see you and talk to you. Uh, yes. Where would you tell people to go to learn about yourself or, or learn about the company? Yeah.
1: Pure Studio NFT um, is our Twitter, our Discord. We also, I don't know the link offhand, (laughs) um, but I can share it with you. And we're still minting. So you could go to our website and then I could share that with you as well. It's like fiercestudio.io. And then our minting is still there. Obviously people could buy in the secondary, but it's more affordable to mint right now. So either or, but yeah, we have a, incredible community and we're, we're going fast. So that's that.
0: Yeah. Sounds awesome. Well, best of luck and I'm sure we'll, we'll, we'll talk soon.
1: Yes. So good seeing you. Thank you for having me.
0: Of course. Thanks so much for joining us. I hope you enjoyed the episode. Go to Fierce Studios, nft.io for all the links to different places to learn more about what Marissa is working on. Also, I'd like to invite you to join us on January 27th at 12 p.m. Eastern. We have a one hour live video chat with Kathy Hackle, the godmother of the metaverse. Uh, she is a our visionary of the year for 2021. And also we will have the CEO of Holler, Travis, joining us. He is our venture of the year. So the best startup of all the startups that we see. We're gonna have a very dynamic conversation that plays off of What we talked about today with Marissa, we're going to explore the metaverse, we're going to explore how we communicate with one another in the future, as well as today, uh, more efficiently and with better storytelling and empathy, Uh, it's going to be a really exciting conversation, it is free, you can go to VentureFuel.net to learn more about it or go to LinkedIn at VentureFuel and you'll find all the links to sign up for it, it is free. And it will be quite a conversation. Again, that is on January 27th at 12 p.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern time. Look forward to seeing you there and having you back to join us for the podcast next week.